Father, this morning we pray. We pray this morning, oh God, over every heart. And we pray, oh God, over everyone that has gathered this morning. We ask and pray, Lord, that you will cause your voice to be heard in our, in our hearts, oh God. You will cause your voice to be received in our minds, Lord. We pray, Father, that your spirit will minister to each and every person this morning, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Father, let our lives not remain the same, Lord. Let us not remain the same people that have gathered. But Father, let our lives be transformed by the entrance of your word. Indeed, let us receive light, my God, in the mighty name of Jesus. In this season, Lord, where you are calling us, Lord, to sanctify ourselves. In this season where you are calling us, Lord, to separate ourselves. In this season where you are calling us to consecrate ourselves, Lord. Show us what it means, Lord, to consecrate ourselves, to be separated unto you. Show us what it means, O oh God, to walk in holiness. Show us, Lord, what it means, Lord, to um, rededicate ourselves unto you, Father. Show us what it means, Lord, to even stay in your word, Father, to covet your presence above everything else. Father, show us what it means, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord, even for for testimonies and miracles, even in this time, because it was it was mm. it was the order of the day, Lord. Even when the children of Israel walked in your ways, you always mm. showed forth. You always showed forth miracles in their midst. Father, Lord, we pray even in our day, Lord, that we would see and we would experience miracles mm. like we have never seen before. In the mighty name of Jesus all to the glory of your name and the establishment of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to day two. This morning, we're just going to continue. And I'm just trusting God that he will, um, you know, take us further, give us more clarity. Um, he will give us understanding. He will give us wisdom. And he will give us insight into, um, should I say a glimpse or a, a, a bigger picture of what we have understood up until now regarding what he's saying to us in this time or what the, you know, the moves and the workings of his spirit um, in this season of our lives. And um, I'm just trusting that um, for each person that has gathered, as we have set our expectations that the Lord will, um, the Lord will, will honor each person. Um, the Lord will, will meet us at the point where we have expected of him. The Lord will not allow us to go back the same way that we have come. Um, I'm just really trusting God that he will do his perfect will in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So yesterday we started the journey um, and we are anchoring our prayers for the season in the book of Joshua. I'll just quickly skim through some of the things that we spoke about yesterday. Um, we talked about the new season and the old season, the marking of the new season. God told Joshua that Moses, my servant, is dead. And so it was a it was um, kind of like a call to um, Joshua saying, come up either, you know, the old season is over. You have moved into a new place. And I know that it is. this is not, this message in itself may not be new for a lot of us, you know, because at every point in our lives, we are making transitions. So it may seem like, oh, okay, I've read the book of Joshua before, you know, however, there are certain books um, in, in scripture that are, um, that would I say, that are very, 
necessary for when we are making transitions. And because the word of God and his mercies are new every morning, you can look at a particular scripture. Maybe you could have looked at it two years ago and then you are looking at it today. And it's like, oh my God, there are so many things here that I didn't notice before. There was something Apostle Tommy said at the last um, Rig Lagos meeting. He was talking about um, the, was it revelation and understanding? You know, he said it is understanding that helps us see better. You know, um, it's not that God has changed, but it is when we grow in understanding, our perception changes. It is when we grow in understanding that um, basically, for lack of a better word, our understanding changes, the way we see things, the way we evaluate things change. So it is not God that is changing. It is not his word that is changing. It is we ourselves that are being changed and we are being transformed by the working of his word. And we start to understand better. We start to perceive better. We start to evaluate better. And that is what happens to us. You know, so it could be a scripture that you may have read many times, but as a new season comes upon you or a period of transition is upon you, you begin to see things differently. Why? Because you are growing in understanding, you are growing in wisdom, you are growing in knowledge, you know, you are growing in discernment. You are the one that is changing. And that is why we stay in the word of God so that we are constantly transformed. One of the things that we prayed for yesterday was for a transformation and the renewing of our minds. That's one of the things that we must always trust God for every time we come before his presence and every time we sit with his word, we must never get too familiar with the word of God. We must always be ready to be transformed. So if it's never something that had crossed our mind up, up until now, um, I would like to suggest to us that it is something worth considering that every time you come before the word of God, you know, ask that the Lord transforms you, that you do not remain the same person that you see differently so that it never gets to a point where you take the word of God casually or you become too familiar with who you think God is and you feel like, oh, okay, you know what? I've heard this before. I've done this before. There are so many, um, there are so many times, you know, I've been in different places or different situations and um, regardless of who is teaching or regardless of the message that is being preached, you know, I have found that I am being blessed. Why? Because there's a readiness of heart and there's a preparedness that, um, that allows you to be blessed regardless of what or who the vessel is. So I say this to encourage us, praise God. Um, also yesterday we looked at, um, you know, God painting a picture for, for Joshua and telling him, this is what I am going to do. Behold, I am doing a new thing, you know, and we see it even um, in the following chapter of um, the book of Joshua, he still told him again, he still painted that picture for him, he told him, look, I will deliver these people into your hands. I will deliver the Hittites. I will deliver, you know, he, God told him, these are the things I'm going to do. And I find that that is what God does for us per time and per season. He first starts by painting that picture for us so that hope is restored in our lives. And interestingly, um, it's um, in verse two, sorry, in chapter two of Joshua, where um, Rahab now comes into the picture. And um, I believe it's in verse 15. Um, the, the spies said to her, or before verse 15, where they told her that um, 
she was trying to, would I say, um, negotiate with them to see how her lineage or how her people or how her family line could be saved. And one of the things they told, they said to her was, okay, take the scarlet thread, you know, and use it as a marker, put, place it, place it in a visible place, you know, where we would see it so that when we come um, to, to take over the land, we will see it and, you know, we will not come into your household and you and your family will be delivered. And the thread, you know, um, that, that thread speaks of hope. When I check the roots meaning of the word, um, it speaks of hope. It speaks of um, um, something to hold on to, you know. So once again, um, we see God speaking of hope in this time and in this, in this, would I say this age of, 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 of this season of the world, we find that a lot of people are walking around hopelessly. A lot of people are walking around like, like clockwork. They, they don't have anything to hope for. They don't have anything to believe anymore. Um, after everything that happened last year, it's like, first of all, hope, you know, the enemy did a, he did a number on, on the whole world. He came and he just took away people's hope, took away people's reason for existence, took away people's joy, you know, and it was so hard for people to start hoping and believing and trusting in God anymore. These days you walk around and you see a lot of Christians that are hopeless. You see people that are speaking as if they don't even know God. And that's why when we started praying this morning, we were asking, we were praying and we were saying, Lord, show forth your miracles again because one of the reasons why God did miracles in the midst of the Israelites was to remind them that he was God or he is God. You know, it, it, was, it was for faith to be stirred up in them again. It's for their hope to be restored. So God does not do these things um, to change who he is. God is who he, he, he is all by himself. But all of these things, all of these activations, all of these stirring up, all of these restorations, all of these deliverances is for us to be changed and is for us to be transformed. The crux of Jesus's message when he came and when he walked on the earth was metanoia, which is repent, change the way that you think, change your mind, allow yourself to be transformed. So we must realize that every time God is doing a work of transformation in us, the question is, are we ready to be transformed? Do we even believe that, you know, transformation is possible? Or have we gotten to that place where we have unconsciously become hopeless and we do not even hope anymore? I remember years ago when I was such a hopeless person, you know, um, I didn't believe I was out of faith. I was, I, 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 I went through a season of very dark depression, you know, and I just couldn't, and you know, a, a hopeless person is someone that cannot pray because what are you praying for? You don't even believe in what you're saying. You hear people like that making statements like, oh, how many times are we going to pray? You know, we've been praying since if God couldn't hear our prayers up until now, then what is the point? That was the issue with the Israelites 40 years, you know, that, uh, that, that kept them stuck in their ways for 40 years going around the wilderness, going round and round and round. And if you look at even the journey between Egypt and Canaan, where they were coming from and where they were trying to return to, um, it shouldn't have taken them more than, um, I would say maximum three weeks. So let's say a one month journey, they ended up spending 40 years because their hope was, you know, they, they, their hope was lost you know, they were not being transformed. 
with everything that God was showing in their midst, it just, nothing was changing in them. The word of God, the workings of God, the dealings of God was not finding space and room in them to prosper. The other day I was, I, I think I shared it yesterday, I was speaking with um, a friend of mine and we were just talking about, um, we were talking about different things and linking it, you know, connecting it to the scriptures and what the Lord, you know, what the word of God has to say about certain things. And I remember we now shared about, um, shared on someone, you know, um, let me open it real quick, but I'm just saying this to bring home my points. I hope everyone is still here. It's just really quiet. Are we together? Yes. Praise God. Yes. Okay, great. So yes, we're together. Some, okay, great. So someone, um, the Bible says, I'm just waiting for this to come The Bible says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. So here we see again the law of the Lord. What was the first thing that God said to um, Joshua after he told him, Moses, Moses, my servant, or rather one of the first things that God said to him, he said, um, you will meditate in my law. You would not look to the left, you would not move to the left, neither will you move to the right. You would stay in my word. For you to be able to stay in a thing, it means that you must delight in it. So, uh, you know, we see this happening in someone. He says his delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on his law day and night. This person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prosper. Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sits in the company of the mockers. And, you know, we just started breaking, you know, we were just talking about how there is a walk, there, 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 is, a, there is a way of the sinners and there is a company of mockers. There is the counsel of the ungodly. There's another um, version of scripture that talks about the counsel of the ungodly. Um, the reason why I believe the spirit of God is bringing all of these things to uh, uh, bringing all of these things to the forefront of our minds is because like we have established, this is a season of consecration, of immersing yourself in God, of immersing yourself in the word of God. So we must be very careful what we, um, we, we place before our eyes, what we what we put you know, before the gates of our lives, what we are listening to, what we are seeing, what we are constantly taking in. So the counsel of the ungodly, you know, we were, and then I just remember that the, the spirit of the Lord, you know, um, it's in the book of Isaiah, the seven spirits of God. And um, there's the spirit of the Lord, then there's the spirit of counsel and the spirit of might. And we understand that, these spirits are linked, you know, it's like two-edged. Now, when I even um, look at the things of God or when I look at the word of God, I'm not just looking at it in one dimensional, in one dimension, it's multidimensional, but I, I start by looking at it in two ways. So there's the spirit of counsel and that spirit of counsel doesn't just counsel. Like we said yesterday, when you study the word of God, 
when you keep yourself in the word of God, you're not just receiving orders from God. You're not just seeing the things that are possible, but a grace is released over you so that you can execute and you can diligently do and fulfill the things that are expected of you by the word of God. So it's not that God sets a bar that is too high for you and leaves you there. No, he releases that grace um, so that it is possible for you to do the things that he's asking you to do. So when the Bible is talking about sanctifying yourself, consecrating yourself we remember that the same scripture tells us that god is god's desire for us is that we are holy just as he is holy so if the lord is saying to us be holy as i am holy it means that there is grace for you to be holy there is grace for you to walk in holiness there is grace for you to be consecrated there is grace for you to delight in my word there is grace for you to meditate in my word all of these things are possible so looking at um walking in the in the counsel of the ungodly the fact that if you know so if we're looking at it um in the light of god's word and god's equipping to do his will we must also see that the same thing pertains to walking in ungodliness so there is a counsel of the ungodly when you stay in the seat of the scornful or you walk in the way of the sinner or you keep surround yourself in the counsel of the ungodly you must realize that you are not just looking and you are not just observing, but it's like a grace to do um, ungodly things is also released over you. And that's why we must be very careful. That is why per time, per season, even if a corporate fast is not called upon, we must always take out the time to retreat and reevaluate and to check ourselves to know how, um, for lack of a better word, how we are performing or how we are, how we are growing to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work of evaluation in us to see how we are doing in our work with God. So there is a path of the ungodly and um, there is the counsel of the ungodly. And the more you surround yourself with the council, with this counsel, the more you are surround yourself with this doctrine, the more you even interest yourself in some of these conversations, you begin to realize that gradually, little by little, you start thinking certain kinds of thoughts. It's like um, a thief that just invades your mind and you start to wonder, oh, how did I get here? How did I stop reading my Bible? How did I start meditating on this thing? How did this song start playing in my mind? How did I, you know, and it's just a little here and a little there. The Bible tells us a little slip, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms. And that's why we must always have our guard and our defenses up. Never at any time must we forget that this life is a battlefield. It is a battleground. We cannot allow our defenses to be down. And it is not by our strength. That is why we must stay in the word of God, because it is the word of God that is the double-edged sword. And it is with the word of God that we are able to quench fiery darts of the enemy. It's by the word of God that we are able to discern, you know, the deceitfulness of the enemy. It's by the word of God that we are able to, you know, see things clearly. So we must always stay in the word of God. So that's one of the things that we pointed out yesterday, that the word is very, very crucial. So painting a picture for um, Joshua and telling him be strong, you know, um, um, showing him all of the things that he was going to bring to pass in that season. And then he went on to tell him, be strong and be courageous. And then he told him that you will lead the people into the inheritance of the land. He told him, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. He said, do not turn from the left, do not turn from it um, to the right or to the left so that you may be successful. We also explain that as um, the word of God prospering in you. You know, so um, 
I remember why, why, why I was talking about the way of the ungodly or the counsel of the ungodly is because as a child of God, if you find that you are constantly, maybe it seems like you are studying the word of God, you are reading the word of God, you, it seems like you are meditating on the word of God, but it's like you look at your life, but there is no fruit, you know, um, just like the fig tree, there's no fruit, there is nothing substantial per se that is really coming out of your life. You must do a check and ask yourself, is the word of God prospering in my life? And um, if it is not prospering in my life, what are the reasons? Auditing, doing a soul audit should be like second nature for us. You know, as children of God, we must always, always, always be on guard, always checking, always, um, you know, auditing to know where we are falling short, to know the areas of our lives where maybe there are repeated patterns or there may just be strongholds, whatever it is, that we may be able to, you know, commit it into those, um, into the, the care of the spirits to help us deal with it. So by the time we, we are keeping ourselves in the world and by the time we are um, fellowshipping with the spirits, we are able to we are able to journey further. We are able to grow faster. You know, we are able to really be strong as as the Lord desires of us. Just like He said to Joshua, "Be strong, be courageous." We are able to do these things when we surround ourselves, when we surround our lives with the right things, staying in constant fellowship with the Word and with the Spirit. Um. So that that was just a recap for yesterday. Um, finally, God says to him, remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, the Lord, your God, will give you rest by giving you this land. And we, yes, we also talked about being your brother's keeper. So today we're going to be looking at chapter two um, and a little bit of chapter three. I will just read through. Um, what can I read through? I'm looking at the time. Um, let me take it from, okay, so Joshua chapter two, um, verse eight. Okay, let me read through the whole chapter. So um, verse one, and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out or shit him two men to spy secretly saying, go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and they lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho saying, behold, the men came in hither tonight, um, of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab saying, bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they, for, for they become to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, there came men unto me and I wish, and I wish not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gates, when it was dark, that the men went out Without the men went, I wot not. Pursue them quickly, for they shall, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to the Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they, as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gates. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto them, 
I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror is falling upon you and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Verse 11. And as far as we had heard these things, our hearts had our hearts did melt. Sorry, as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. And now, therefore, I pray you swear unto me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, our life for yours, if you utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord had given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the, the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterward, may you go your way. And the men said unto her, we will be blameless of this time, of this thine oath, which thou hast made or swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father, thy mother, thy brethren, and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the guiltless, and whosoever shall be in thy house, shall be in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then you will quit of thine oaths, which thou hast made us swear. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. And then she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went and came onto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the men, so the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they saw unto Joshua, and they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord had delivered into your hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. May the Lord bless the reading of this word. So there were a few things that I had highlighted from this scripture. Um, first of all, the scarlet red symbolizing the blood of Jesus. This is not the first time we're seeing something like this happening when they were about to leave Egypt. Um, or rather when their forefathers were about to leave Egypt um, uh, before they crossed the Red Sea, you know, it was the same thing. Um, they had to slaughter a lamb, but they had to take the, the blood of the lamb and put it on their doorpost. So we saw what the blood of Jesus, uh, what the blood of the lamb did for them in terms of, um, um, of preserving them, preserving their firstborn, preserving their seed, keeping them you know, and all of that. But very interestingly, as I was reading this, um, something stood out, you know, the fact that they may have been outnumbered and it may have seemed like, okay, this is a suicide mission. 
they were running with conviction. They were running with the word that God had given them. However, with that, God sent them someone to, would I say, to even strengthen their own faith. He sent them someone from another camp. He sent them someone from, um, from the other side of, you know, would I say the other side of the wall, from someone that was very, on, on, you know, it did not seem like Rahab was the perfect ally for many reasons. Rahab was a prostitute, as we know, you know. So um, even if they were going to be taking encouragement or if they needed some kind of, if they needed um, reassurance that, that God was working with them, I'm sure they were not expecting to see it from Rahab. They were not expecting to see it from someone like that, you know. Um, and also Rahab was a woman. Back then, we understand how, and up until now, it's only up until recently that women are no longer being as marginalized as they used to be. But even with that, there's st still, you know, some kind of discrimination that goes on with genders. So back then, just imagine, it was a woman that was standing up um, and stand, standing up for them, standing up on their side. And it wasn't even a dignified, in quotes, woman. It was a prostitute. You know, um, in times of transition, we must always be, we, we, we must never get too familiar with the workings or with the acts of God. I remember when we were in Ghana and um, one of those days when we were just having small pockets of conversations here and there, um, I was sitting at the table with some of the ministers and the rabbis were also there and we were talking about the wisdom of God and what wisdom means. And, you know, wisdom, the root word, the root meaning of the word, um, it, it, it really speaks of hearing God's voice, you know, so being able to discern the voice of God, being able to filter through voices and pick out what God is saying. So I believe that these spies also had the wisdom of God at work in them because um, even though God has spoken to Joshua and they knew, yes, this is the Lord speaking to Joshua, when the voice and the counsel of God and the encouragement of God and the, um, um, will I say the, the strengthening of God was coming from another voice in quotes or rather coming from another source that was least expected, they were able to, decipher and they were able to discern that this is the voice of God speaking. So at points of transition, we need wisdom. We need the wisdom of God to know who the allies God is placing in our lives are, to know who the partners God is placing in our lives are. And they may be very few. They may be very small people. You know, um, one of the things we must realize about the kingdom, this kingdom that we walk in is that it is not just about the quantity. Most times the counsel and the will of God is not the popular option. You know, um, it's not just about the quantity, but the entity. Sometimes all you need is one person to be on your side. All you need is one person to validate, not, not like the validation is coming from that person, but you know, that encouragement, God has placed it in an unseeming vessel. And so how are you viewing things? And that's why our, our, the way we evaluate in seasons of transition, very, very important. We cannot be stuck on the ways of yesterday. We cannot be stuck on the ways that we have always known. We must always be alert. We must always be ready to, you know, um, tap into the new thing that God is doing because God is always doing a new thing. 
He's always doing a new thing. We must always be ready to catch on with him. So this was counsel. This was encouragement. You know, this was like an endorsement. This was a confirmation of what God had already spoken to them. And it was coming from an unseeming, unworthy vessel. But they were able to discern the word of God because they were able to discern the voice of God from what she was saying because wisdom was at work in them. I would like us to pray over ourselves that the Lord will give us wisdom in this time to know who to partner with, to know where to, to know where to um, plug ourselves, to know the associations to surround ourselves with, to know the counsel that we should be listening to. Because remember, we said the spirit of counsel also releases the might and the ability to execute the counsel, to know where to partner and to plug and to place ourselves in in this time so that we will not be found in the way of the foolish, so that we will not be found in the counsel or in the, in the seat of the ungodly, that the Lord will give us wisdom, the ability to hear and to discern his voice. The Lord will give us wisdom like never before that we will be able to make proper transitions. We will not leave anything behind. We will not leave any stone unturned, but that through his wisdom, we will be able to execute his will for our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's lift up our voices and pray. We are praying and we're asking the Lord and we're saying, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me the ability to hear you. Give me the ability to discern your voice. Give me the ability to understand your ways, oh God. Give me the wisdom that is required for this time. Give me the wisdom that is required for today. Give me the wisdom that is required, Lord, for this season. In the name of Jesus, are we praying? Give me the wisdom, oh God. Give me wisdom, oh God. Give me wisdom, oh God. Give me wisdom, oh God. Let me not act in foolishness. Let me not be stuck in the wisdom of yesterday. In the name of Jesus. You know, sometimes we, I, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm just thinking, what if they never saw a Rahab there? What if there was nobody to confirm the things that they had heard? You know, we don't know how the story would have gone. You know, what if they were not sensitive enough? What if they were not discerning enough? You know, what if they even just shut her down? What if they didn't even give her a chance? What if they stood in the way of another person coming into her destiny? Because as much as Rahab helped them, we must also see that even by their acts of discernment and by reason of them walking in wisdom, they were able to bless another person. And the Bible tells us that, you know, um, rather through the, the thread or, the, or, 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 or through the journey in scriptures, we see that Rahab was one of the women that was mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. So by her aligning herself, that was one thing, but for the children of God, also allowing her, you know, um, allowing 
giving her room, giving her room and giving her a space, even in their camp, they allowed her coming to destiny. We must always, always be checking to be sure that we are not standing in the way of people walking in their deliverance or walking in their restoration or walking in their redemption. So many times we are quick to judge. This is not to say that we should not, we should not have standards and we should not stand for certain things. However, we must be able to identify when the Lord is, read, is, 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 is doing a work of redemption or the Lord wants to use us to redeem a people because um, our God is a God that redeems and we are instruments of his redemption. So he redeems us so that we ourselves can replicate that which we have received. So the seed of redemption is also in us. We must always be conscious, you know, by the spirit of God and by the, by the, by the leading of the word and the spirit so that we do not stand in the way of another person coming into the fulfillment of their destiny. Imagine if they never give her a chance. Imagine if they didn't give her a chance, if they didn't give her audience, if they did not even just, you know, allow, take a chance on her. Sometimes we must be ready and willing to take a chance on people. We must be ready and willing to, you know, risk something, risk looking foolish. We must be ready to risk making mistakes just to um, give people an opportunity. I remember um, I was sharing this with, um, with a friend, you know, and I was just, I, I shared this with a group of people um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was just talking about how my journey has been with God in the last five years, because as much as I had, you know, um, giving my life to Christ years before and taking the life back that I give and gave it back again so many times, um, I just kept stumbling and falling and stumbling and falling. And then four to five years ago, I meet this woman who decides to take a chance on me. And it is not because she knew me from anywhere. In fact, it was, I believe it was just by um, the divine orchestration of God. She didn't know me, but she decided to take a chance and she decided to invite me to journey with her. And, you know, maybe on another call or on another day, I would share some of what my journey with Pastor Isi has been like, but really, Everything was rooted in love. Everything was, I, I see how she took so many risks for me. I was someone that she didn't know. She didn't know me from anywhere, you know, but she just made room for me. There were so many times in the journey that I made mistakes. There were so many times in the journey where I stumbled. There were so many times in the journey where I even gave up on myself. There were so many times in the journey where I probably even gave up on her because of, for many reasons, you know, but it never stopped there. I never saw that there was a day, there was anything that was too big that we couldn't work out. And this is four, five years down the line. And she's not just my mentor now. She's like, she's my sister. She's like my mother. She's my friend. In fact, our families know each other so much. Like if, when my mom calls me to ask about her, my mom says, oh, how is your sister? How is she doing? You know, so we have journeyed. We have gone through so many seasons. We have gone through so many transitions. We have gotten to a place where we trust each other. There are so many things that I would observe in her life now that so many people don't have the privilege of seeing. There are so many things that I don't need her to tell me, or this should, should, this should not be mentioned elsewhere. There are so many things that, there are so many privileges that um, have been bestowed upon me just by reason of my association with her. But imagine if this woman never took a chance on me. 
You know, imagine if she never allowed herself to um, discern that, okay, this is one of the people from God, that this is one of the people that God wanted her to disciple. Just imagine if she just kept it within the confines of, oh, okay, it has to go a certain way. I don't know if she, I don't know what her work with God is like. I don't know what her journey is like. I can't take that chance. Imagine if she never gave me that room to just come in and to experience God. I wonder where I would have been today. I wonder where she would have been today. I wonder if there would have been a prayer ring really. Because even how I stumbled into prayer ring is another story. I've shared it with a few people. How I got here was just by reason of observing. I would be present when she's leading prayer meetings and I'll be sitting down. Sometimes I'll probably be sleeping off, you know, and she will wake me up and tell me, wake up, listen. Not because I knew that a day will come when I would have to lead a large number of people in prayer. But it was just from fellowship. It was from community. It was from love. It was from trust. It was from um, um, relationship. And so we have arrived here. The strongest, um, the strongest stories of, of, of will I say salvation or the strongest stories of redemption are the ones that are birthed from genuine love. And that was why yesterday, I believe one of the things that the spirit of God was um, highlighting for us is that we must be our brother's keepers. Don't be quick to dismiss people. Don't be quick to write people off. There are so many times that, you know, there are things that I see that I want to write off, but now I'm so surprised at how I'm quick to make excuses for people, not because I am permitting, um, you know, the things that they are doing that is not right, but because I, I want to be able to see beyond you know, um, beyond a certain side of things. I want to be able to trust God for people. I want to be able to stand in the gap for people. That is what it means to intercede for people. When your life becomes intercession, when it's no longer just words that you are speaking, but when your life really becomes the one that is standing in the gap, you are holding the person's hand on one hand. And on the other hand, you are reaching out to the hand of God and you are reuniting and you are reconciling these two people together because you know that there is a destiny and there has to be more. I would like to encourage us this morning as we bring this meeting to a close. I honestly did not think that this was where the meeting was going to go because I thought we were going to talk about the blood of Jesus, what the blood of Jesus means and the instructions that God gave the Israelites when um, they were about to cross um, over the Jordan. But I believe that we will do that tomorrow. But I would like to encourage us this morning, don't be quick to dismiss people. Don't be quick to write people off. Give people a chance. Trust God for people. Pray for people. The only way you can truly pray for, for a person or minister to a person is if you truly love them. I believe that the next wave of revival that we are going to see on the earth will be one that will be birthed from love. The Lord told me this thing as far back as three years ago. It was on one of the prayer calls that we were on. This was even before prayer rain really kicked off. And we were praying. It was one of the prayer drives that we were having. We were praying for a retreat that we were about to start. I think it was the awakening retreat. And we were praying and praying and praying. You know, it was a 24-hour prayer, um, prayer marathon. That was the first time I was doing it. I did not believe it was possible. But somewhere in that prayer marathon, as I closed my eyes and I was meditating on the word of God and I was declaring and I was speaking the word of God and I was praying, I heard in my spirit that the next revival that is going to be seen on this earth would be birthed on love. Everything has to be rooted in love. Let us take a chance on people today. Don't dismiss people. Remember, it's like a two-edged sword. It is not, you are not just 
um, standing in the gap of, for them, but you are also being strengthened. At the end of the day, you realize how much you have grown, how much you are able to trust God better, how better you are able to even deal with people, how your life truly becomes transformed when you allow yourself become an intercessor, when you allow yourself to be a vessel and a weapon of love in the hands of the Father. Father, this morning, I pray over everyone on this call. And Father, I even just ask for the grace, oh God, because standing in the gap, and it, we know, Lord, that dealing with people is not easy. We, we see it, Lord, in the times when Moses dealt with the Israelites, and there were so many times it seemed like he had hit rock bottom. But Lord, Moses never gave up. He had times when he had to retreat. He had times when he had to step away. But Father, constantly, he was presenting the people before you. Constantly, he was presenting the people before you and always standing in the in the gap to be a peacemaker and to be a reconciler between you and your people. Father, Lord, I pray that you will show us how to reconcile the souls of men, Lord, even unto you. You would use us, oh God, as instruments of your love, Father, that we would also become agents of transformation, that none of the ones that you have destined, oh God, to be part of this move will be left behind. Father, whatever price we need to pay, Lord, for our brothers to be saved, for our brothers to come into rest, oh God, Father, give us the grace, oh God, and the strength, Lord, even to play our parts. Give us the grace to take up that responsibility, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, Father, to love one another relentlessly, oh God. Help us, Father, even in this time of transition, to look to look, to look, look out for one another in the name of Jesus. This is our prayer, oh God. Deliver us from every form of selfishness, oh God. Help us, Lord, to be instruments and agents of redemption, oh God, that men will walk in their destinies, oh God. And this would be the testament of our lives, that when we are remembered or talked about tomorrow, oh God, it will be said that we helped people, we were helpers, we were partners with God, and we were helpers of the destinies of men, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. This is our prayer today, Lord. Constantly remind us, oh God, of the things that matter in scripture. Constantly remind us of the things that matter in this kingdom. Constantly remind us, oh God, of where true riches dwell, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Show us, Father, that it is not about the quantity, oh God, but the entity. Let us be encouraged, oh God. Father, confirm every word that you have spoken to us. Father, for those of us that you have given mandates and you have told us that you have called us to nations, you have called us to a people. Father, cause us to even begin to walk in the, in, in help us to begin to walk, Lord, in the fulfillment of these prophecies that we have heard, oh God. Show us how to rise up to the occasion, to partner with your word, to, to pay the price, oh God, and to play our parts in bringing these words to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, because in this season of our lives, we would not relent or run away from responsibility, oh God, but we will take on responsibility so that we ourselves will be changed and transformed. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. 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 God bless you all. Thank you for joining. Amen. Um, amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.